You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 295. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Everybody. I hope you had a wonderful holiday season. I hope you had a healthy and happy new year. And now we're here. We're here in 2023. I feel like it's going to be a fantastic year ahead. There have been so many hard years behind us, but I really do feel like there's a lot of positive things coming our way. And I mean it for everyone. Now I'm excited about being back with the Earn That Body podcast. I'm going to bring you health information, fitness, nutrition, all kinds of inspiration. And definitely in this month of January, I want to inspire you. I want to get you on track. I want to give you lots of tips, tricks, and ideas and ways to get to your overall goals. And we're gonna talk a lot about that today, but I just wanna make sure you all know that a new year does not have to mean a new you. We're gonna talk about that, because I'm not sure how I feel about that that expression that's been going around for quite some time now. Now, what's new with Earn That Body? Well, there's several things that are new, lots of new programs, um, pretty much sold out for January. But I want to tell you, if you ever are interested in a program, you should always email me, even if I'm sold out, because if I get at someone who reschedules, I have a wait list and you might be at the top and you might actually get into uh, a session next week. So never be afraid to email me. But some new programs we have, besides the basic five-week Earn That Body program, which is sort of the signature program for Earn That Body that includes workouts and personalized nutrition for weight loss, we now have the all-new Recommit program. And that's for people who already completed the five-week Earn That Body, maybe last year, maybe the year before, and you got to get back on track. You feel like you've sort of let things go and you need to recommit. Now, I love Recommit because it is designed to be the most personalized program I actually have. So not only are you going to get personalized nutrition with food logging, but I actually create your workout calendar specific to meet your goals and also based on what you have access to. So if you are a Peloton person, I will put Peloton into your workout calendar. I will also give you access to all different kinds of Earn That Body programs. If you don't have them in your library, they don't. you've never had maybe a certain program, maybe you never did Shred or Shred 2 or Bodyweight, I'm gonna integrate lots of programs into your calendar so you can try everything. And it's a great way to get a very personalized workout calendar in addition to the personalized nutrition. So that's recommit, but you do have to complete the five week earn that body to get to that point. Um, And then another new thing that I'm offering because it has been very successful, I tested it out at the end of last year, is a personalized workout calendar. So maybe you're someone who needs a little accountability right now, like you have workouts, you maybe, maybe you go to a swim center and maybe you go to a gym and you have all these things available, but you don't really know what order to do anything. Like you're just kind of going with the flow, but your body's not changing. It could be because you don't have a proper setup program. And so I'm doing personalized workout calendars based on what you have, or I can give you earn that body programs as well to again, sort of like recommit, make sure that you are working out with a plan, with a goal and with some kind of setup that is going to help you get there versus just every day picking a random class. It's just, 
you probably notice like it's a it, you might be getting in a good workout but if you don't have proper recovery days and special builds in a program and down weeks then you just might never actually achieve the goals you're looking for so two new programs recommit personalized workout calendars are now available but always shoot me an email kim at earnthatbody.com if you have a goal if you want help i can tell you what the best program is for you so 2023, let's talk not about new year, new you, because I want to talk about new habits that you can build. And I want to talk about habits that can build and how to do that based on science, because that to me is always the most important thing you should know when it comes from science versus just somebody's opinion that always validates resonates with me so much more we're going to talk about all of that after this and now it's time for the eagle's eye on health these are kim's quick tips latest health news or piece of weekly inspiration in today's eagle eye on health we're going to talk about what's in your beef and just in case you are a new follower each week i have something called the eagle's eye on health and it's usually some kind of news segment some kind of excerpt from a newspaper a magazine it could be online something in relation to health fitness nutrition and i just like to always bring you the latest and greatest that's going on so this week coming to you from consumer reports on health magazine they had a great article kind of bum me out and it's called what's in your beef not all no antibiotic claims may be true that really bummed me out to see that because it's like okay if it's on the label and it's not true how is that allowed like that really pisses me off <laughs> all right this is what it says Food animals, such as cattle and chickens, are often routinely given antibiotics to prevent disease. But this practice can contribute to antibiotic-resistant infections in people, where bacteria become immune to the effects of these drugs. And there are less risky ways to keep cattle healthy. Antibiotic-resistant infections are currently on the rise with the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, attributing about 24% of them to food. Now, for this reason, Consumer Reports has long recommended buying meat and poultry that has been raised without antibiotics. But a new study has raised some concerns about the reliability of the, quote, no antibiotic, end quote, label claim. In the study, scientists tested 669 cattle from designated, quote, raised without antibiotics, end quote, feed yards for the drugs. They found that 15% of the animals tested positive for at least one antibiotic. To use a no antibiotic claim, meat companies must submit their label and documentation to the Department of Agriculture, but only once. Isn't that crazy? And after that, the USDA conducts no inspections to verify that the animals weren't, in fact, given antibiotics. Now, the program runs on the honor system, they say. The study shows there's a need for labels like these to be independently verified. And to be sure that the beef you buy is raised without antibiotics, Consumer Reports recommends looking for the USDA organic claim on meat packages. Organic farms and processing facilities are inspected at least once a year and are subject to surprise visits to make sure they're in compliance. So everyone, it's not enough 
to just see the no antibiotic label. They really recommend that USDA organic claim on the package because not only are they tested yearly, they're gonna get surprise tests and so likely they know that they can't get away with antibiotics here and there. Now, I personally think a company should be shut down never to open again if they go out and say that they are no antibiotic and then once they're no longer regulated, they start giving antibiotics. It should be a definite, you can never come back to business kind of scare. And also, how about the FDA doing random checks on those companies too, because apparently they are not following the guidelines. And that's upsetting because again, this is food we ingest and you're probably trying to do the right thing by getting no antibiotics. And sometimes organic is not an option for you. Maybe you go somewhere and it's like, it's, you don't, like sometimes I go somewhere, I'm like, there is no organic chicken. So my only option is this one that says no antibiotics. Now, I don't get it very often and I, I will never get it now because to me it's better to just not eat the chicken that night if I can't get the organic one. But I think it's a real shame that that is the society we currently live in. So just a little eagle eye on health, something to make you more aware. Now let's get back to it, team. It is the new year and in the new year, so many people say, new year, new you. I have a problem with that. I think the problem for me is that why do you have to be new? Like, I'm, you are you. You're not gonna be new. Taking on a new goal or reaching that goal even within the year, you're still you. And I don't think that that should be the goal to change who you are. But I do think that the new year brings a lot of opportunity to change certain things that you do. And by that, I would mean trying to make changes to reach goals by creating new habits, right? And so today I am gonna go through five specific habit builders. And these habit builders actually come from Katie Milkman and she wrote an awesome book. And the book is about making these new habits, it's called How to Change. And she actually did some science to figure out what these five steps are in relation to building new habits. And I love that because I think so often we read these things come new year, we listen to podcasts and there's all kinds of people with, oh, you gotta start this diet and you gotta do this and oh, it's 21 days to create a new habit. And yet somehow, some way, I would say only 1%, I'm just making that up, but 1% of people ever reach a goal that they set for New Year's. They just don't work, they don't happen, and they tend to drift away. That's not to say that you cannot set a goal and reach it. I'm just saying it's so easy to say, New Year, I'm gonna lose weight, and then within three weeks, you forgot about it, you've moved on, you had a vacation, and that has totally fallen off track. Now I will say this, Maybe you have some great goals already set or in your mind. Goals like this, I'm gonna work out more. I'm gonna plan meals more. I'm gonna prepare snacks ahead of time. I'm gonna get organized. I'm gonna get healthy. I'm gonna get fit this year. I'm gonna redecorate my house. I'm gonna reach this financial goal. These are all awesome goals. But here's the thing, team. They're real general goals. And if you want it to truly happen, if you want the goal to really come true, you have to know that it is more than writing it on a piece of paper. 
It is more than creating a board and putting all kinds of magazine pictures that go with that goal and you have it hung on your wall. All those things are great, but it is going to take making real habits come to life in order to make those goals really happen. And that is a process. And I want to put it out there like that because I like to set expectations right from day one. Like when I work with clients, I'm going to tell you right now, you're not dropping 10 pounds the first week of my program. I'm not going to set you up to do that. I want to set the expectation properly. I want you to lose one to two pounds a week until we hit your goal because that's the kind of weight loss that stays off. And so you have to set that expectation. So I want to set the expectation for you right now that creating a goal for New Year's is not about changing who you are. It's about creating some new habits and that is a process that will take some time. But instead of seeing it like, well, then I don't want to do it. Because it's not going to be, it's not going to happen overnight. Well, no, it's not going to happen overnight. So if you're not willing to put any effort in, then you're right. You should go ahead and just go ahead and give up that goal right now. But otherwise, if you're like, yeah, you know what? How can I create an actual habit that will create an actual change, whether it's in my health, my body, or even my life? That's what we're going to talk about right now. Things won't change who you are. These things habits. They won't change who you are, but I'm going to tell you this. They might change how you feel. They might change how you feel about yourself, and they might even change how you look at life when you reach these different goals. Now, again, this article was from CNN. Katie Milkman, she wrote a book and she talks about the five habits, or I should say the five steps to a habit, and it's according to science. I love that. I'm all about the science, right team? Okay. She says that most of us assume those hyper achievers who are always able to squeeze in their workout, eat healthy foods and ACE exams and pick up their kids on time must have superhuman self-control. But guess what team? It is not true. What she says in the article is that science points to a totally different answer. It's not about this superhuman thing that some people have. We often mistake willpower as this hallmark of habit, like some people have it and some people don't. But guess what? People with good habits, they rarely need to resist temptations. Temptations like laying on the couch all day. Temptations like ordering greasy takeout every day. Or maybe they're not the people who procrastinate on all assignments, right? And that's because their autopilot, their habit, which is now really a lifestyle habit, it eliminates temptation from that equation. And establishing these good habits is not about the willpower to be able to do it. And I think that's important for people to know because people always, they they say it to me all the time, like you have incredible willpower, like you're so lucky. I don't believe that I woke up with this gene called willpower and that you don't have it. I don't. I really believe that what happens is some of us, we make a true effort to create habits in our life. And once they become these habits, it's just a part of our lifestyle. And then you don't even think about it. It's not about the willpower, right? Now, here's the thing. Building good habits, even according to this science that she talks about, it takes effort. It takes some insight as well. And she says that thankfully, science offers guidance on how to begin 
and strategies to lighten this load so that you can actually make this finally come true for you. Now, the first thing in creating the habit, and I talk about this a lot, this is how it happens, team. The number one thing you have to do is you have to set a specific goal. And the way that you define the goal that you want to turn into a habit, it has to be specific, all right? So if you're saying, okay, in 2023, I want to meditate regularly. Well, that's not super specific, all right? You wanna change, I wanna meditate regularly to I'm gonna meditate 15 minutes each day. There's a big difference in those. I'm gonna meditate regularly, it says nothing about how often you're gonna do it, how long you're gonna do it. And you need to have that specific goal in order to really reach it and see progress. Now the second thing to create this habit is you need to create a detailed and what she calls a cue-based plan. So once you've established a very specific goal, you wanna talk about the follow-through. Now scientists have proven that you will make more progress toward your goal if you decide not just what you'll do, but actually when you will do it, as well as where you will do it, and how you will do it. So that you've gotta create that full plan. So if you say, I'm gonna study Spanish for 30 minutes, five days a week. Well, that's okay. That's definitely a little better than the original, the meditation regularly, right? But you need a detailed and what she calls a cue-based plan like this. Every workday, after my last meeting, I will spend 30 minutes studying Spanish in my office. And that is more likely to stick as a habit. Making this kind of plan, it reduces the chances that you're gonna forget to follow through because the when and the where of your plan are gonna sort of serve as that cue, that light bulb goes on right after the meeting, you know you have something to do, it's gonna jog your memory. And what I like to do when I have these kind of goals is I like to put it in my calendar or even in my phone. So you can do a digital reminder if you are that person who goes to work and you have that last meeting, put a digital reminder in that says, you know, at 4.30, ding, go ahead and study Spanish or go ahead and start your five minute meditation. That is definitely going to help you. It's a very specific plan. It forces you like to anticipate what's gonna happen that day after your meeting and it makes procrastination a lot less likely. So creating that detailed plan, the where, the when, the how, it's so essential. I'm a big pen to paper version. So if you are like serious about 2023 being the year you reach your goals, write all this down. Number one, set your goal. Number two, create that cue-based plan. And number three, they say, or I should say Katie says, make it fun to repeat. So often when we set out to build a new habit, a lot of people overestimate our so-called willpower and they set a course for the most efficient path to achieving the goal as quickly as possible, right? Everybody, who wants a goal to take a really long time? So say you wanna get fit 
by exercising regularly, which is very general, then most people will work out in a quick results way, like grinding it on the treadmill, or they'll go take the hardest kickboxing classes they ever heard of, or they're gonna join CrossFit because they heard that's the fastest way to put on muscle. Intensity, get there quick, what can I do? I'm gonna do class on top of class. The research has shown that you will persist much longer and ultimately achieve more if instead of focusing on this quick fix way that you might not even like, but you're just sort of in it for the grind to get to the goal, if you find a way to make it fun and you actually like the workouts, guess what? You're more likely going to be able to do it over time. And if it's something you're only gonna do for a couple of weeks because you dread it, it's never gonna become a habit. So. When it comes to exercise, if you do not like to run, I am telling you now, don't join a running club because you think that's the fastest way to lose weight. Because it's not, just FYI, I haven't been able to run for the last four to five weeks. I hurt my knee, we don't know what's wrong with it yet. I have an MRI coming up, so I can't run. I haven't gained one pound. So I don't want people to think that running is the only way to lose weight or keep weight off or maintain weight. It's not true. There's a lot of things you can do with nutrition and other workouts. So I'm just saying that because if you don't love to run, please don't pick up running as your quick fix way to get fit, right? So if you love dancing, then go to Zumba classes. Like I know people who love their Zumba or even jazzercise classes more than anything, they never miss a class. That's the goal. I want you to find something that you love so you never want to miss it. Um, I even know people like that who do rock climbing. They love it. It's new for them. They got super into it. Now they won't ever miss a session. You have to do things like that. If you're trying to eat more fruits and vegetables, then you might need to swap out that breakfast donut Definitely team, please swap out the breakfast donut. And maybe you swap that for a smoothie where you can dump a whole lot of spinach in it, right? But it's a smoothie that still has some fruit in it so it's sweet and it's delicious and it's not disgusting. Because if you think that you have to drink some terrible tasting green drink every morning to be healthy and to get in your vegetables, if it tastes terrible and you're not excited to drink it, it's not gonna be a habit. You're not gonna make habits of things that you don't enjoy. So I love my Eagle Shake. If you're new to the podcast, you should know that I make a real food protein shake. I call it the Eagle Shake, and you can get a free recipe book for it right on my website at earnthatbody.com because I don't believe in using supplements, and I absolutely love this shake because it tastes delicious. I use super ripe, frozen bananas, to me that's the key to the shake, by the way. And so for me, having this protein shake pretty much daily has become a habit and I look forward to it because it tastes delicious to me, so I love it. If it tasted terrible and I was forcing it down just because I heard or someone told me it was good for me, I would probably not have it that often, right? So you need to make whatever it is fun to repeat because that is going to help you make these things a habit. The fourth thing is you do need to foster some flexibility. So by the time we put a behavior on that autopilot, a lot of us fall into fairly consistent routines 
uh, maybe tending to exercise, studying, or, or taking medication at the same time. Like people have that down, right? It's like every morning I take my medication at the same time. But when you're in the startup phase and you're just starting to create a new habit and your habit building, you actually should, and research actually suggests, it is important to insert some kind of variability into your routine. So this is what I mean by that. You still wanna have your sort of plan A, your best plan, maybe 8 a.m. meditation session if you're trying to kickstart that mindful habit, right? But you should also experiment with other ways of getting that job done. You might need to mix in a noon session. Maybe sometimes you do a 5 p.m. meditation session too. Successful habit building is going to rely on frequently repeating a behavior. And if your routine gets a little too what they call brittle, you'll follow through less often. And so you really have to have a flexible habit because that means you can still do what you need to do even when your schedule gets thrown off, which of course our schedules get thrown off, right? If you have kids, you absolutely know that they're gonna throw a wrench into your meditation at 8 a.m. on most days. So you have to be flexible And by being flexible, it is proven to basically keep you going with your habit. So what you want to do, or what Katie says in her article or in her book, actually, is that you want to have some what she calls emergency reserves. Emergency reserves are a limited number of sort of that get out of jail free card for the days when you can't squeeze in your 10 minute meditation or go for that new morning walk or jog that you set up to do, or the new meal prep that you said you were gonna do every morning before work. You've gotta have some emergency reserve days where it just might not happen. It's more motivating to set a tough goal for yourself, like meditating every single day. Uh, That's really easy for some people according to research, but then when you miss some of these sub goals along the way, some people get so discouraged that they just give up altogether. It's like, oh, I missed the meditation yesterday, so I now I don't do it every day. I guess I'll just throw in the towel. No, you can't do that. You gotta know, again, set the expectation for yourself right now. You're not gonna always be perfect. You're not always gonna get there, right? So you gotta have a couple emergency reserve days where you're like, mm, it's not gonna happen tomorrow, but I will do it tomorrow. It's not the end of the world if you don't get it in every single day. Now, if you notice that all of a sudden your emergency reserve is kind of happening every single day, well, then you've got to reevaluate something. Maybe you need to shift your, your goal or your plan to reach your goal because it's not working. It's not working in what you wanted to do. Maybe you have to shift the time. Maybe you have to shift the amount. Like say you're meditating 10 minutes every morning. Like you're, maybe you gotta shift to two minutes every morning because the 10 minutes is just not doable. Don't be afraid to make a shift, but do be afraid to quit. That is, in my opinion, the much bigger thing to be afraid of. So give yourself those emergency reserves. And then number five, it's great if you can find social support. 
So for some people, that's obvious, right? But for some people, it's not. Social support, it's not just about having like people cheering for you. Um, it's not just about being held accountable. It is also about being around people who maybe are like-minded in this goal that you have. We're strongly influenced, just so you know, by the behaviors of people around us. Evidence actually shows that, that we have this influence by what people are doing around us. So if you do wanna be a runner, like 2023, you don't run at all and you want to pick up running. Just so you know, everyone, I don't care what age you are. Don't think that you can't pick up running. You start small and you slowly build. So don't ever let age be the reason that you think you can't. So if you wanna start running regularly, you're probably best off joining some type of running club versus asking your best friend if they wanna run too and you're gonna both start this new habit together. What's the problem with that? <laughs> well, that friend has no idea what they're doing either and they might just not be that into it or have a structure, a plan, and a habit. But people in the running club, they already have built that habit. So being around them means you're gonna learn a lot from them. You're gonna learn from them what works, what doesn't. You're gonna make new friends. And it's going to be more probably exciting to show up for that versus then a couple friends who kind of are like you and you show up and you look at each other and you're like, I don't know, like what should we do? Or should we just go get the donut? <laughs> right? So it's really great if you can find some kind of social support that benefits your goal. It's sort of in the same thing that you want to do. Another thing is that good habits that people have, they're considered contagious. So try to catch some by hanging out with people who are a little ahead of you on that learning curve. It's important not to get too crazy as well. Uh, if you try to train with a marathoner, but you're only trying to run your first mile, you might be pushing your boundaries there because you can definitely find a running group and get into the beginner group. You don't wanna go with what we used to call them the fasties. <laughs> I used to run with gazelles uh, in Austin when I lived there and there was a group that we called the fasties and I definitely could not hang with them. I had to start with the people who were at my pace and then build up. The problem is if you start with a group that's already so far ahead of you, maybe in pace or whatever it is that you're doing, you get easily discouraged. And let's face it, if you're easily discouraged, are you gonna show up every day? Is that gonna become a habit? No. So just make sure you don't get a little overzealous there and sort of like join the marathon group. First start slowly, ease your way in. Now, in general, uh, research shows that finding people to socialize with and emulating those who have already accomplished what you wanna accomplish, it can actually make a huge, huge difference in you then accomplishing what you want to accomplish. So that is definitely an added bonus. And it also, it is more fun when you do these things with other people. I know for me, when I moved to Austin, man, that was so long ago. I moved to Austin 12 years ago. I actually just moved out of Austin, just so y'all know. If anybody didn't know, I now live in Pennsylvania. Um, but when I moved there and I started running with the Gazelle Group, I had never run with a running group before, and I was highly intimidated to show up. But I made myself do it. 
I got a little bit uncomfortable. Yep, sometimes that's just what you have to do. You have to get through that little bit of uncomfortable. I found my friends in that group that were at my pace and then it became really fun to show up. And you didn't wanna let each other down and you were gonna show up because your friend was gonna be there at 6 a.m. and you both knew that you needed each other for that run, right? So it doesn't even have to be a running group, it can be anything. Um, For sure, any kind of sport, almost all sports, have some kind of group that you can join. But even if you're trying to get super healthy nutritionally and you don't know how to cook, you might start taking some cooking classes and you might meet a lot of people that way too, or at least be, entrenched in cooking and how to cook and when you understand how it becomes less overwhelming like i know a lot of people don't cook because they're like i just don't know how to cook and i'm always trying to explain to people that like i don't really know how to cook either (laughs) but i just look up a recipe online and i follow what it says and sometimes it comes out and sometimes it doesn't but if you have a group to go to you're going to learn a lot more and it's not going to seem so overwhelming So these are the five steps to really creating a habit. You're gonna set a specific goal, number one. You're gonna create a detailed cue-based plan, number two. Number three, come on team, you've gotta make it fun in order to repeat it. So if you already know that you've got this goal and you already said you're gonna do X, but you hate doing X, okay, then I want you to go back and fix that. You've gotta find a way to make it fun or you're not gonna repeat it. You, number four, you've got to have some flexibility. You've got to give yourself those times uh, of day that maybe you shift from here to there. Number five, you've got to find some kind of social support. If you can, I know not everything is going to have the social support aspect, but even if you were just like in Earn That Body, we have a private Facebook page where we have over 500 people now that are trying to be fit and healthy. And just being in a support group like that is helpful because you can go onto the Facebook page and say like, who has a recipe for this? Or how do I make a healthy dessert for that? Like people are always sharing recipes. That's one of my favorite things they share. And so even online, you can get social support. So these are the things that you can do in 2023. Not new year, new you, but new year, new habits that can come true, that habits that you can literally make happen. And when you make these habits happen, you start truly reaching your goals. And when you reach your goals, I don't know about you, but I feel like that's living life fully. And so if you do anything in 2023, I just really encourage you to figure out a way to live life fully, because this is the only one we've got, team. So if you're sitting there and you're starting to feel like, you know what, I do the same things every day, I'm not super excited in my life, I'm feeling kinda blah, it's time to live your life fully. So set some goals, create some new habits, and show up again next week for the Earn That Body podcast because I wanna keep this inspiration going and they come out every Monday so that you can start your week on the right foot. The Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. Happy New Year, team. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.